Hey everybody, this is Jeremy. I uh, just want to give you a quick heads up that Duckfeed has a brand new podcast. It's called Everything to Guppy. You can find it at everythingtoguppy.cat. It's a podcast where Gary Butterfield and Will Hughes talk about every single item, trinket, and boss in the Binding of Isaac video game. Something that you know you're going to love. Check out that and more podcasts at duckfeed.tv. It seems I have quite an audience. Thank you all. I'm grateful to have the chance to say goodbye. Morph, it's nice to see you home. In facing your fears, you have proven yourself truly an X-Man. Gambit, how often must the scoundrel prove himself a hero before he believes it himself? Did somebody step on a duck? I'm Jeremy Greer. And I'm Gary Butterfield. And this is Days of Future Cast, the podcast where Gary and I talk about X-Men, the animated series. And it's a sad slash happy day, Gary. This is the last two episodes we're ever going to cover. It's a graduation day. It's a graduation day, if you will. How do you feel coming to the end of this? Uh, pre- pretty good. Um, it would be like it would be a sad thing if the show like ended properly, but it almost does, which I think is kind of sweet. Like I think that if the the show did like one of its best episodes at the end and there wasn't anything embarrassing about the last episode. It wouldn't be very on brand, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's got, a, it's got a little bit of that goofiness, which I appreciate. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll miss talking about it, but I'm glad that we, uh, we got done, you know, what we did. It's, and, uh, you, know, you always look back on these and yeah, always exist. Yeah. It's, it's something interesting where you, you've watched 75 episodes of this and like you've, you've taken it all in. And not only that, like not only did you like chill on your couch and like binge 75 episodes on Netflix one day, like you actually took the time to talk about it and tear it apart and think about it. And this, all of this other stuff that goes along with podcasting about it. And I can't help, but after, after all of this, I have a even more of an attachment than I did previously. And, uh, mm-hmm. I'm happy that these two episodes are good, weird. <laughs> uh, and I feel like the last episode graduation day is if not legitimately good, it, like it, it has some good writing at the end that made me sad. So I think that's what a se- yeah. series finale should do, right? Me too. Like I, I got, I got, I missed it up a little bit at the end. Like it's, it's a little bit sad. Yeah, it's you know, it's not perfect, but it's it's a little bit sad. It's it's got a. This has reinvigorated my my ex love in a way that is uh, pretty intense. Like I am, uh, I've been going through on Marvel Unlimited and reading uh, old X Men crossovers. I I reread the Phalanx Covenant. Nice. Uh, after we did that episode, as I threatened. And I'm rereading the Extinction Agenda now, which is a bad old crossover I've always had some affection for. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of going through it. It's a, it's a weird thing. It's like a, the the show is kind of part of being trapped in this nostalgia cycle. You know, like I, I feel like oh, I should read new X Men stuff, and it's like I, you know, just want to keep. It's a comforting X womb <laughs> that I am uh, in. That's, that's honestly the worst kind of womb I can think of. <laughs> Like, it just doesn't sound like a good womb. Yeah, it was, it was once a womb, and now, now it's a tomb. And now Xavier sits um, and lives there. So, good job. Yes. The, uh, yeah, it is, uh, it feels good. And there's something, um, this came up, comes up mostly on, you know, other shows on Watch Out for Fireballs and Bonfire Side Chat, but there's something about um, podcasting about something that files it away in my brain, you know, in a way that makes it feel very definitive mm-hmm. it doesn't mean i'll never experience it again but it's like oh i i had the chance like you said the chance to actually deconstruct it so like there's a there's something about doing this kind of episode by episode moment by moment coverage that like 
make something feel fully explored. Like it's like you're chewing your food really well before swallowing it. Almost. I can see that. Yeah. You know, something to, um, like I get real caught up in, in the kind of the binge culture, like I mentioned. So like sometimes mm-hmm. you, you, you experience things without, uh, necessarily like really going through and thinking about them. Um, mm-hmm. and actually like forcing myself to sit down, to slow down, to watch them at a, at a, at a pace, like not to just to go to watch 20 episodes all in one rush or one day or whatever. Um, it, it makes it more real to your, to your brain. I think, I think it gives you a chance to absorb it a little bit more. I don't know why I want to absorb this cartoon series from the 1990s, but here we are. <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad that we're here. <laughs> There's recently some kind of, um, like study or something. There was recently some new stuff about how, like, if you want to remember a TV show, don't binge it. Yeah. Because so like, if you asked me, like I remember individual episodes of, uh, deadwood and the wire because i was getting those on netflix disc so i'd have two episodes per disc and then it would be at least three or four days before the next wow. one wow if you if you asked me how uh, you're old what happened <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah man extremely old um if you asked me what happened in episode three of stranger things i have no fucking clue oh yeah they i know the together. general arc of that whole season you know and that's it or Westworld, right? Like everything's coming back to Westworld now since the series is going to restart. So I just think back to Westworld and it's like, I remember the high points of that story. I remember thinking at the end, like, Oh, there's a lot of filler. Um, and I, you know, sat down and kind of, uh, binged a lot of it, not all of it. Like, but I got caught up at a certain point and, uh, it's just, that stuff just blurs together as almost nothing. You know, I just, I just remember those high points. It's, it's a weird way you can like kind of not be that good. <laughs> And still get a lot of attention if your high points are good. Sure, yeah, that, it works yeah. out. It's um, it's interesting watching like the way that we watch media sometimes. Like it just if, it dramatically can affect the way you think about it. Um, I think about like the the recent season of Twin Peaks, and mm-hmm. uh, I I went into it like we didn't we didn't like watch season one or two or anything. I kind of thought I was going to, but like who has the fucking time, especially at season two. Right. Uh, and so I just was like, okay, I'm just gonna like experience it. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go online. I'm not gonna read a bunch of theories. I just want to like watch it and deal with it on my own. And then at some point, I'm gonna go through and do like a huge Twin Peaks binge. And it's but it's not gonna be a binge. It's gonna be me like listening to an ep- or excuse me, watching an episode, and then like listening to a podcast about it, talking to someone about it, mm-hmm. and then going to the next episode. Like that's the way that I want to experience it. That's the way I want to remember it, but I wanted to experience it the first time with like no obligation or pressure at, at yeah. whatsoever. So it's a really good way to do it. Like something that like it comes up with all media too. It's not just shows, but games and everything too. Like being very considered in the pacing that you, you know, that you approach something with is really huge. Like uh, certain games that we'll do for the show. Like it's, I've gotten better at managing the schedule, but earlier on with watch out for fireballs or I'd not be, I ended up being kind of up to the wire. Like I would be playing something on the deadline and like there are episodes where I like finished the game an hour or two before we recorded, mm-hmm. you know? And like, and it's like that. I, I, I like to think that I am a good enough, uh, like critic to where like I didn't, that didn't actually affect my, my summations, but I don't know that that's true. And I also know that even if it didn't affect my kind of objective, like thinking of it, it definitely affected my experience, you know? So now it's like, there's certain games where, you know, for, for so for example, like Witcher Three, when we were doing that, I started playing. We covered that in December. I started playing that in September because I knew I wanted to take my time with it. Like I don't want to rush through this. I'm going to pace this to be like remembered and and luxuriated in and savored. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. And so I think I think that there probably we're probably moving towards like a cultural shift towards being more active in the pace in which we consume media. 
you know, like, and you can tell that we're coming on that because, uh, binging is something that's being used for marketing now, you know, where Netflix will have commercials where it's like, what are you gonna do this weekend? How about a binge? You know, and it's like, no, in no other context is <laughs> binge not, considered okay I've never seen that or before. positive. That's horrible. I hate that. I, it's, it's not exactly these words, but I've seen like, you know, what, what will you binge tonight? Like I've seen things like that. Mm-hmm. I've seen that used and, you know, I, I started uh, dating around again. It shows up in profiles a lot, like where people use it and it's like, oh, this is becoming, there's no shame to this anymore, which means there needs to be a backlash and some shame to it. Gotcha. <laughs> like this, yeah. let's, uh, let's, let's go the other direction and, and do, it's like the same thing with like the slow food movement, you know, like it, there, there needs to be a counter wave to this. And I think that like the kind of active and slow paced media, uh, kind of consumption will be really good, be like a good move. Hulu does this really well. Like when they came out with, um, they did this with the Handmaid's Tale and that series, the Runaways, uh, which we should spend some little mm-hmm. bit of time talking about the Runaways at some point, uh, since we're you know totally not talking about the X Men anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a, there's a mutant on the team, but they uh, yeah, there is. The they uh, they released like the first three episodes to kind of get you hooked, and mm-hmm. then after that it was weekly, so you had one episode per week, which. Uh, for for my schedule like i just i don't really have the kind of schedule where i'm going to sit down and watch 12 hours of a tv show the weekend it comes out like that's just like people Mm -hmm. that finish stranger things the weekend that it comes out just i'm like how what what did you do like i just don't have that like i have other stuff that i want to accomplish not saying like i'm big shit on turn mountain or anything like i don't like all i want to accomplish is like i don't know like jerking off to jello or something like it's nothing it's nothing crazy or anything <laughs> but um yeah. sorry sorry cliff uh <laughs> i don't know why i said cliff huxtable and not what's his name he's oh. anyway who cares uh, bill, bill cosby i assumed you were talking uh to cliff uh that you know and i assumed that was an inside joke <laughs> no, about him jerking literally, off on jello i was literally so thinking I, about cliff huxtable so don't yeah. i don't know why okay uh yeah. but anyway like having that like okay here's three episodes like that's a that's a friday saturday night like i'm hooked and now like i'll have a week of that to to kind of stew in it and to to anticipate the next one has been has been really fun yeah that's worked for me oh yeah man i love it like it's uh because i can't um that's the ideal model for me because i can't do a uh uh you know tv by appointment right like Mm -hmm. i've never gotten a tv by appointment i can't really do streams like i don't want to hey you have to be here at seven you know, to do it. Like I just, I rankle against that. I don't like it, but what I do like is having once a week. So I've been watching, uh, like when game of Thrones was going on, I loved that. Cause I have it to look forward to. Um, and then I, uh, now I'm watching the good place, uh, on Hulu. And I love that. Like, just like, Oh, like shit, I have that to watch today sometime on Friday. You know, it doesn't, I don't know when, but sometime during that day, I'm going to sit down and watch that show. And that's a really good feeling. You know, it's, it's pacing itself out right really, really, really well. Yeah, I don't. I don't want appointment viewing, but uh, that like I have something to look forward to on Friday. Uh, mm-hmm. That's like like autumnized like weekly uh, Friday night hangout has been like oh here, there's a new episode of Top Chef and there's a new episode of The Good Place. Let's watch that. Let's make mm-hmm. some dinner. Let's hang out and let's you know of course party to three a.m. like animals because we're you know we're those kind of people. But <laughs> no, but like you know mm-hmm. th- those are that's the kind of appointment viewing that I want. It's like having a, a regular schedule of something, but not necessarily like I want to show up somewhere at seven a.m. to to do something. So yeah, the Runaways like, is good. Down dude. to the day rather than Speaking, I, I really want to watch it. It's a uh, like uh, it's it's yeah. it's a reasonably good show. I uh, the powers are all look really cool without looking like just typical. Uh, like everything in the gifted kind of comes off as looking a little weird. Uh, but this mm-hmm. seems, this seems to look a little bit, not necessarily better, but just more interesting. Like the powers just seem to, mm. uh, articulate a little better. And, uh, yeah, the, like the show is, is kind of good. Like I'm kind of enjoying it, even though it's a bunch of teens. So 
I uh, I re I reread the comics when the uh the the show was announced. So the uh yeah, I'm, I'm prepared to watch it. So yeah, I've, it's it's been on my list. Like I'd like to watch. I lo- I love those characters. Yeah, the casting so. is is spot fucking on for all of them. Like they yeah, yeah they yeah. do a little bit weird stuff where they they get into the the parents uh a, in a lot more detail than they do in the comic books. Like they're they're a lot more fleshed out because I think the comic books like it has, it's been a while since I read that, but the comic books they feel like very very super villainy. Like they feel very uh schlocky almost in their in their badness. Where here they, that they're, they, they they feel more human. Yeah, they they don't add any shade to the the parents until really late. Yeah, in the uh in the comics. So I, I assume they would do it. It'll be interesting to see what they do because you know, uh, without spoiling anything for the audience, does the series end with the big twist from the comics? They're they're leading up to that. I'm like two episodes behind. They're they're leading okay. up to that twist, and uh, they're they've they've so far so so far have played it very very well. Like they kind of kept that that whole thing close and made it. I think it's mm. going to feel really natural. Like I feel like if you there's there's a certain point where you might suspect something. And uh, but you could easily brush it off. Uh, but if you've read the comics, that's like the best way to do a twist. Y- yeah, you're you're like on the edge of you're like I know what's about to fucking happen, and I know I know I know I know I know. So yeah, it's gonna be fun. I'm uh, I'm just really curious where they go with it too, because it's got renewed, and the um the runaway stories after the first twelve issues are not very good. Like, they're no, fine. they're not. They, yeah. they're, they're okay, but they don't. They, go. they range from yeah. fine to bad, and then get bad and bad and worse and worse until it's just like those characters just got shit on like really badly so hopefully the uh, showrunners and the writers are better than the writers you know better than joss whedon pretty much uh who did that terrible terrible time travel arc i have the uh the the first three hardback volumes because i was still buying comics that way back in the day um Mm. and that's that's probably the furthest that i've read i don't know how many issues in that is so probably like 50 something issues and i was like yeah i'm kind of i'm kind of done with this now apparently the the new version um kevin wada Kevin Watt, I'm mm-hmm. saying his name right, is doing all of the art in it, and he's just got some r- real crazy cool designs for those characters. So I'm kind of interested in picking that up, but only because of the art. Like, I don't know what the story is or anything nowadays, but I just I just like Kevin yeah. Watt a whole lot, and all of his Marvel shit is so fucking so fucking dope. Yeah, it, I'm, I'm sure it'll it'll look cool. I just I feel like that it's weird. Their characters felt like they were created to tell that story, you know, of that first the first thing with the parents, exactly. Yeah. And then once they no longer had the parents, it's like there's just not a whole lot to them. Yeah, they're just, you know, superheroes at that point, right? (laughs) Like, there's nothing. So, yeah. Um, Well, let's talk about some X-Men, since we we rambled all over the places, our custom. Uh, We have two episodes, uh, both of which are kind of bonkers. The first one. Um, One of which more bonkers than the other one, I think. I think this this is very bonkers. This is Um, fucking insane, is what this is. I am. (laughs) Yeah. I think I messaged you yeah. on Slack like when I was watching this today. I was like, "What? What is happening?" I could barely keep up in yeah. my notes just to like write down something that's happening on the screen. There's there's a real difference between this one though and the last episode with uh, Sam Guthrie, where this is insane. Uh, like in terms of like just being audacious and weird that they're telling the story. The story makes internal sense a lot more than the last one did. Mm-hmm. Like characters are actually acting, you know, in a way that makes sense for them, kinda in here. So I ended up kind of liking this episode despite the fact that it's it's very very bizarre. So the uh the one line uh thing of this, the origin of Mr. Sinister. Okay, you mean that character that we're not going to see anymore? Okay. <laughs> we literally yeah. don't see him ever again. Like just like we did with Apocalypse, yeah. just like we did with that, you know, military train <laughs> that we dealt with <laughs> Sam Guthrie. Like nothing from this the, season is ever going to happen again, so it's weird. Yeah. The, we don't get the ending of Mr. Sinister. We get the beginning of Mr. Sinister. Uh, for some reason. And I referenced this before this episode, you know, for kids who are just watching a cartoon who just like the X-Men uh, who don't know what this is going to be. This just starts off 
in 1800 with no X-Men. Like this is, this is no framing device. It's not like Xavier looking down at, at that picture of the X-Men and thinking, you know, it's not like, it's not like a sinister recounting this. It's just we're in London times. Yeah. There's no framing device. Like that's the, the thing yeah. that, that's the thing that kills me is this isn't, isn't like, it doesn't start with professor Xavier saying, Oh, uh, we've, you know, we've captured sinister and like Wolverine being like, well, I'm real angry. We should kill him. And him saying like, Oh, well let me tell you about no, the tragic history I'll scan of his mind. Mr. Sinister yeah. or whatever. Like it's none of that. They literally just open up with like a Jack the Ripper scene. <laughs> that's, that's what yeah, this well, yeah. is. And also just so you know, Jack the Ripper's in this. So just, <laughs> just in case yes. you were wondering if this is going to be a crossover league of extraordinary gentlemen, like it definitely, Definitely is. So we start off in old timey London. It's foggy. Um, Big Ben strikes midnight, and a woman is being followed by a suspicious looking man who we later find out to be Jack the Ripper. Mm-hmm. The uh, Jack the Ripper has that facial hair that the time imp has. That weird way that whoever drew Van Dykes on this show thought they came out of the sides of your nose as opposed <laughs> to like a regular mustache. It's not. It's not. It's not a great stash. <laughs> As somebody who's working on his facial hair game right now, it's not a great stash. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very bad stash. And he has glowing eyes, scary glowing eyes. And he's dressed like a supervillain. You know, like he's got a top hat. I really thought this with the red eyes. I, I just assumed this was Mr. Sinister up until like the mm-hmm. last part of the podcast. Or the podcast. No, last Sinister's part of the episode. Yeah. yeah. But this is just Sinister's Jack friend. Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she uh, she screams, runs. The uh, the cops, like I love the the, the Bobbies. Who are, are chasing him down and there's a guy who is at a cart that sells hot coals uh and gets knocked all these cops run into him all as one part that's <laughs> so and funny knock this guy down <laughs> it's really good i really like this um, a lot um this next scene is going to be with the uh, like the investigator who's trying to figure out who jack the ripper is and then uh I don't remember if I wrote down and his first name. And that's how we find out it's Jack the Ripper. Cause he's talking about like the, the murders in Whitechapel. Yeah. You know, so he um, never says Jack the Ripper, but you know, his name is Jack and it's kind of like a cool little Easter egg for people who are older, right? Like who are like older sure. viewers who know Whitechapel and know the Whitechapel killer and shit. Did, have, I, so. have I told you about playing the Whitechapel uh, board game? Mm-mm. We, uh, I was, Richard highly recommended it to me because it was a uh, mm-hmm. like a kind of a co-op thing and like me and Autumn are in more way more into co-op than we are competitive games. So mm-hmm. Christmas a few years ago, I bought it. It was me, Autumn, Autumn's dad, and uh, another friend of ours. Uh, I have the most experience with board games out of the group. So I was like, okay, I'll play Jack the Ripper and you guys can chase me because you guys can all cooperate with each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, it went terribly. <laughs> Nobody was having a good time. <laughs> it was way overcomplicated. This thing took up my entire living room table. Like everybody was like, had had a few mimosas <laughs> that morning. Nobody wanted to fuck with this at all. Like it was a bad time. Uh, but at one point, the structure of that game is like you you do a crime you go kill a chick and then you have to go like go back to your hideout which could be a random like node on this board or something and uh mm-hmm. and, and the other players have to try to figure out where you are and where your hideout is and um at some point they catch me and autumn's dad looks over and says uh we, we found his hideout that's where he does his ripping <laughs> 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 and and the four of us fell out laughing as hard as we've ever laughed at it in our lives just dying laughing just like completely cracking up at this and it was one of the funniest things that uh autumn's dad has ever said to me and autumn's dad has said some funny shit to me in his lifetime so 
Oh, that's that's beautiful. That's where that's where he does his ripping. It's just cracks me up. <laughs> this is where I make my ribs. <laughs> the reason I the reason <laughs> the reason I, I I remember that is because this board behind the investi- investigator is like a perfect match for the what the actual board, ga- oh, the board yeah. game looks like. So yeah, there, there's a um, I have a copy of the Sherlock Holmes uh, game cooperative game that deals with Jack the Ripper. Um, but it's it's very different. It's like only cooperative. Like there's no antagonism, and it's pretty much a, like a choose your own adventure role playing game thing where you just have to f- put together clues and be Sherlock Holmes. It's super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's funny when you talk about like having a couple of mimosas and just not being ready for that shit because like I've definitely been forced and forced some of my friends through board game stuff where like nobody was feeling it, but it's just this big complicated setup and oh, nonsense, yeah. Yeah. you know. It definitely happens. Like the afternoon, yeah. uh, Brian Wade and I spent playing the Dark Souls board game, and like by the end of it, it was like, "Do you just want to like go to a bar? This is boring. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go do anything else besides this." <laughs> oh, I wish that game had been good. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, this investigator is hanging out with uh, Doctor Xavier. Who Z- Doctor Xavier's facial hair is incredible. Like, I like his weird omni beard hair, hair yeah. like spike eyebrows, like everything going on with his steez. But also is just pretty amazing. Also completely, like, completely bald, but also like mostly bald. Like he's got like a bald yeah. mullet thing happening. It's it's crazy. He's got he's got the skullet. <laughs> he's got okay, the okay, skullet. Is that what it's called? Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's called a skullet. I learned that from Tony Hawk Pro Skater character creation. <laughs> um, <laughs> you did where else in the yeah. world would you hear it skulling from of course yeah they don't train for that yeah. shit in high school bam majera taught me this the um sorry. <laughs> xavier is uh is trying to help uh, the the scotland yard guy kind of telling you and he's saying like hey listen it's this guy named essex mm-hmm. yeah i'm telling you it's essex and they they don't know they're like there's no there's no proof so this is we're already in a flashback this is our second flashback is dr xavier explaining uh, how he knows about Essex and things about Essex, essentially. Yes. And it's, it gets very confusing. And the only way that you can keep the uh, the various timelines alive is because in the what I'm going to call the present, like in the current timeline, mm-hmm. he's got the dope-ass facial hair. In the past, he's clean-shaven. Like, that's the only way that you can tell yeah. the difference. <laughs> he grows a big old, a big castaway beard. He goes back to Essex being watching a, a speech from Charles Darwin from the man uh, like himself. Actual, you know, yeah. Yeah. So, so the characters that now exist in the X-Men universe include Charles Darwin and Jack the Ripper, like, and old pre like Mr. Sinister, Mr. Sinister is very Dracula. Oh yeah. The, like his the, collar, the, the collar. His, yeah. Of course. The pencil the mustache, little, little mustache and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so we switched to Dracula and y- young old Xavier, uh, watching Darwin. Uh, talk about this and you know hey kids like this is super exciting you tuned in to watch wolverine fight some sentinels and like, <laughs> let's debate the five points watched of natural selection evolution. yeah it's, it's pretty incredible <laughs> it's great they're arguing about like what is what is natural selection if we consider the soul i'm like who, why yeah for this is great like i, I wish more i wish they did more of this stuff because it's so crazy oh man jeremy i don't know if you have it playing but about mm-hmm. three minutes and ten seconds into my rip when Xavier stands up to say, uh, you know, what of the soul, Mr. Darwin, the two guys behind him are sleeping and they just, just look dead. They're just out. Yeah. The whole crowd looks very, very bored in this whole thing. It's and, real um, good. And if they're not bored, they're angry, which is also <laughs> Darwin is wearing pajamas. Yeah. That's the other thing too, is Darwin's definitely wearing a, a pajama. Um, very, very good. The, um, 
So Essex is real into this, though. Everyone's skeptical except for Essex. And Essex mm-hmm. comes up and says, like, hey, I've got some research on the on mutations. Like, what if mutations were not over the centuries? Like you say, what if they were instant? Yeah. You know, perhaps you can support me. And Darwin, and this is true to history, is my understanding, is he's just like, no, it's not, it's, you know, it's not a good time for us. Like, these ideas are fine, but, like, this is not a popular uh, kind of way to think. And then he signs the book, Origin of the Species, for Dr. Ever for Essex, which is really yes. funny to me that he got the signature. I don't know why it's so funny to me, but I just really like, like, to Mr. Essex, thank you for attending my thing where everybody fell asleep. Love, Charles Darwin. I, Chuck like the idea of Mr. Sinister getting an autograph no matter what. Like, Mr. Sinister's autograph collection is a very funny thing to me. <laughs> he's got Charles Darwin. He's got, uh, you know, Dr. Xavier. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Yes, Xavier shows up to this and is like, is basically, I like, I kind of like this, uh, when they do, when TV shows do flashback episodes and it's just like, oh, this is obviously like somebody's great granddad or whatever. Um, like we talked about this uh, with, oh no, not this, never mind. But when they do this, they, it's usually kind of bad, but I like the fact that like this Xavier is kind of a shitty Xavier. Like he's very much Mm -hmm. not on the side of science, right? He's very much on the side of like establish it, establishment thought and thinking about the evolutionary species where it would have been so easy to like adapt the modern day Xavier's, you know, role as a mutant, you know, peace lover or whatever into this old character where they didn't do that. Like he's, he's actually like, yeah, Darwin, calm it down a little bit. Like we still have to think about God, which is not something you expect from mm-hmm. Xavier. So yeah, yeah. It, it shows like the, the changing in the thinking, mm-hmm. you know, throughout, throughout time as opposed to, yeah, I, I agree. I think that that's pretty cool. And this is the thing that changed, you know, it's not Xavier, but like Xavier's ancestral line or what have you, right? Like he used to be more of a person who was against evolution, didn't believe in it. And then he has this crazy experience with, with Mr. Sinister. uh, And it kind of makes him a believer, you know, is that kind of the implication here? And then, um, then we find out Essex is married to Lord Gray's daughter, Rebecca, which this seems like an egregious, like, shoehorning in of a character that you would recognize is this from the comics by the way because i don't i don't ever remember reading this like history of mr sinister from the comics so 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 this this uh this whole construct with nathaniel essex definitely is from the comics i don't think he's married to to rebecca gray here one thing though is that ends up making so mr sinister's whole thing is trying to get gene gray to have babies but and with cyclops but not in a way that they would naturally would as husband and wife so him having being married to one of her ancestors means that is gene gray one of his great 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 descendants well they don't ever talk about him having kids right they just say that he's super sick and then uh but they so i have to assume that no like maybe he's just fascinated with the genetic line of his wife maybe because if it's well yeah they're married they're related yeah yeah even if it's even if his wife didn't have kids and it's like his sister's kid like he's maybe gene gray is his great 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 niece or something you know, there's something there though. It's kind of a weird, weird way to, to put it. I just picture handing her Weathers originals. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I have to see if my niece has babies. The um, it ends up being kind of a because I want to be their second uncle twice removed. I don't know what that means. The uh, it's very strange though. Um, there is a comic where uh, Cyclops and Jean Grey go back in time and deal with all this shit. Uh, that came out in the nineties. Oh, weird. So <laughs> I think there's like two that. adventures of Cyclops and Phoenix comics, one of which they go in the future and raise cable. And that that's one, that's a terrible slog with a character named Ascani, which is like, just like the worst. And then there's one where they go to the 1800s, uh, which is also not very good. Now think about it, but they, they're both, they're both extant. Uh, uh, going back in time, not always the best thing to do. Um, yeah. so Rebecca, uh, 
Essex's wife, Nathaniel Essex's wife, is sick, and uh, Doctor Xavier has been, you know, contracted to try to fix her, try to heal her, and it's it's not working very well. Uh, and so yeah. Essex starts taking things into his own hand and starts taking uh, blood samples from her to take to his lab in an abandoned insane asylum where he takes in like leftover <laughs> weirdos from the from you know the carnival or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, very, very strange. The, very goth. Uh, very, very Dracula. He, very, very gothic. Yeah, he's he's got a mad scientist lair, um, and it is it is explicitly as such. Um, so pretty, you know, I'm I'm down with that. I think. You know, oh, I'm I into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then they go. God, this is where they go to like the 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 circus. This is yeah. This is where they're they're recruiting people from circuses. Yeah, this is his Ocean's Eleven montage where they get the gang yeah. together, <laughs> <laughs> getting a bunch of mutants that we don't don't care about. But then, he's he's going through and getting mutants, and and he's going to show them off to Darwin. Like he, he literally gets a red curtain to put in front of them, and then <laughs> does this little you know this theater to show off his circus freaks. His little half cape thing that he's wearing is just some of the best fashion that we've seen in the show so far. With his tombstone haircut, like that good. character from Spider Man. That's exactly tombstone's <laughs> <Yeah>. haircut. <laughs> Um, uh, so Essex is presenting these people as like the next evolution in humanity. And basically all he shows them is like an electroscope. And then like this dude, like moves some stuff. Like and everyone's like, yeah. okay. And then he, it's the, the shitty X-Men. Like they, they show off like their real bad little power that the 1800s X-Men have. Yeah. They show off Jubilee yeah. before yeah, she gets up. The, the, the league of extraordinary Jubilee. Is, like, <laughs> that they, that he's trying to put together. <laughs> Uh, he and, keeps and looking at the crowd it. too, right? Like he, every time he does his <laughs> experiment, he's like looking at it like, oh man, wasn't that great? And nobody is impressed at all. It's but really like, fantastic. To be, to be fair, like it, it's real weird though because I'm kind of on Sinister's side. Like you'd think, like okay, like he's doing a trick, and if Sinister's like, no, like any place, anywhere, like you bring the water, I'll make my guy boil it. Like you, you know, you you give. Uh, let's go to controlled conditions. Like he's just doing it the wrong way. Like these are actually mutants. This is like if uh, I think James Randi has that thing where he offers a million dollars if you can do something supernatural mm-hmm. under controlled conditions. Like this guy can do supernatural things under controlled conditions. He only presents it under really contrived, suspicious conditions. Yeah, you if know? you if you want to prove to me that uh, your people can do something, like don't do it above a table. <laughs> like, is that gonna be? Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I've seen a magic show. You're dressed like a magician. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do next? Come out with a Ouija board and a candle's gonna come on and off? I mean, come on. <laughs> I've seen this yeah, stuff before, the, man. The great Nan Nathaniel, you know, like he's, he's gonna do another magic <laughs> trick. Like I've seen this before. Um, you know, I've seen the Prestige. And he's really pissed off. Um, like everybody gets up in jets and he's like, but wait, like I, this, with this research, like we could control our destiny as man. Like we could control hereditary yeah. diseases. Uh, we don't have to be like, we could control our bodies and we could become as gods. And yeah, everybody in the room is like, oh, I got to get the fuck out of here. This dude's, this dude is a heretic. Yeah, we got to yeah. leave. <laughs> and, and to do, uh, just to, to have wipe watch, uh, in the season, there's a little weird, like, <laughs> did you notice the water yes. wipe? Yes. It looks like somebody dropped like water into a pool, a scrying pool. If we haven't, if we haven't, over. I know we've mentioned it a couple of times. This season has the most bizarre and worst, uh, wipes of all time. Yeah. It's extremely bad wipes. So we go back to the, the future, you know, the, we go back to the present or what have you. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Xavier and this cop go and find a gross foot. <laughs> like they find a mutated. <laughs> 
<laughs> I wish you were lying. I wish you were making that up. But they zoom in on the foot and they like do the like a trick of the camera so that it focuses on the yeah. foot and blurs out everything behind it. It's hideous. It's a bad foot, Gary. I don't want this foot in my yeah, life anymore. It's extremely, it's extremely bad foot. The um and if you, your kids, if you tuned in to watch Wolverine do some cool shit, hopefully you like <laughs> yeah. Professor Xavier's grandpa looking at a foot. <laughs> you're gonna get (laughs) it's so bad oh man this is this is not good i can't believe there's just a huge foot like that's that's yeah this is it's i mean it's 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 so bad but also i think this is again this is kind of cool right like this is the x-men i think if the x-men are going to do nerd stories where like it's about deduction and and detectives and stuff i think this is pretty cool yeah yeah like i always like this setting like i like 1800s london science and it's um Not and it's holding together from a plot standpoint, right? Like that's the that's the key. It's like all of this stuff makes yes. sense for the most part. Yeah, because it's largely directly from the comics. Like they just had a rubric from a pretty simple. Like they were adapting a miniseries, not something that had tendrils of continuity, you know, spiraling in years in every direction. And we so. get our uh, our second montage of the of the episode. <laughs> There's gonna be a lot of montages, yes. by the way. Uh, this time, after after his failure to present like these mutants properly or whatever, um, he gets kicked out of the Royal Academy. And when you say uh, montage, you mean flashback. Well, I mean, just like there's this, there's a, there is a montage of him like experimenting on himself. Is oh, what yeah, I was going yeah. after. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, but he, this is in the past. So like, this is Xavier explaining more about Essex. Yeah. And we, yeah. and we see him like uh, shocking his own head for some reason and like writing down mm-hmm. a bunch of papers. Basically, he's been he's been outcast and he becomes a recluse whose only goal is to like further his own experiments. Yes. Uh, driven mad because of his wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's successful. It cuts over to uh, Xavier uh, using one of those old tiny medicine horns to try to, <laughs> to treat the wife and he, he can't do it. Um, so it was, you know, this montage is pretty effective, though. It's showing him using dark science. Mm-hmm. to uh to try to do things when regular science is failing yeah which is legit yeah this is yeah. i mean this is what you would expect from because we don't even really necessarily know that this is sinister yet right like like there's if, if you're not mm-hmm. like paying attention like if you're again if you're that kid that just woke well, up on saturday morning you don't really know that this is sinister sinister just yet you, you would think so except for the fact that xavier says uh it seems quite sinister, like <laughs> oh, no yeah, less than 40 he, times. He keeps dropping uh, the sinister bomb, doesn't he? Okay, my bad. He says it, he says it <laughs> nonstop. Like every, it's the only adjective in the cartoon. Like they, they, they show a part where they're eating sandwiches and he goes, you know, oh, Xavier, how is your sandwich? He goes, hmm, sinister. Like everything <laughs> is sinister. <laughs> so... Uh, but this is the yeah. scene where he, he decides to take his own. Ma- well, first we find out that he is, uh, that Rebecca has been healed and that, uh, yeah. she, he's been giving her these, these regular treatments and, uh, Xavier and Lord Gray are both like, what the fuck? That's not cool. And then, uh, we see, mm-hmm. uh, Essex like drink some weird potion and then turn into Mr. Sinister, right? Like his skin well, goes that way. The, the chronology is a little bit, sorry, sorry to, sorry to cut you off. Like the chronology is a little bit different than that. Like he, um, she keeps getting worse actually. Like the doctor can't heal her, and then he come, does the breakthrough on himself, and then he makes her better. Oh, I skipped ahead a little bit. My bad. Okay. Yeah. Um. So because I mean the the part that's a, you know important, and that's what Xavier is like can't argue with uh his results, right? Mm-hmm. And she seems fine. Um. And God, the fact that this is one of Jean implied to be one of Jean Grey's ancestors, like, is this why Jean Grey's a mutant? Sure. You know, this yeah. is in her ancestral line. Like, pretty weird. Um. But like Xavier doesn't really have a real good leg to stand on here. I feel like like Sinister is no good. He's doing things against God or what have you, but he also fixes her. 
Well, and also you like know? the thing that they don't know is that he's using all of these people that he's you know collecting from Flash carnivals to, to torture them and to and to also, not maybe not torture them but to abuse them for his scientific Experiment purposes. Yeah. yeah. So that's 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 really the bad thing that they don't know yet. So they yes. can't. All they see is the results, and they're like, "Oh yeah, this works great." Like, "Oh, but it's going to give you cancer." Yeah. So he's a uh, he took the serum, turned him into pale, sinister, and gave him his regeneration powers mm-hmm. uh, from torturing the circus freaks or what have you. This show, man, yeah. <laughs> swear, yeah, <laughs> you know, but she, but she's happy. Xavier's pissed because he's just a jerk, and he goes to like go confront uh, Sinister, uh, aka Essex, which is when he gets the cool glasses. It's um, <laughs> cool, like John Lennon, like black sunglasses, you know, super pale, and he's just not having it. And it, this part feels like Dracula to me, like the you know what, uh, Dracula. It, it feels like Dracula. There has never been another another character on the show that looks so much like a dude I created in Bloodborne as Mister Sinister does <laughs> in this scene with the with the little glass. Those are exactly the glasses from the character creator, yeah. man. Like you know what I'm saying? This yeah. dude looks like yeah, a Bloodborne he, character. Looks like a Bloodborne character. Sounds like a Bloodborne character. This is by far the most Bloodborne of the episodes of this cartoon. Absolutely, so, I love it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um. So it's pretty much them like having having this philosophical like they're arguing. You know, like hey, you can't play God. He's like, well, I can play God. I got results. You know, etc. Don't be so so stuffy. Let me show you uh what i have and he shows him into his like torture room why would you do this why wouldn't he show him like show him some like cats that you saved don't show them that your human slavery ring show him the prison where you have people on the floor eating out of bowls like dogs and (laughs) what are you doing why do you keep them on the floor eating out of bowls like dogs you know like (laughs) and he just expects xavier to be like well you know it's okay yeah, this is dope. Like, yeah, this is fine. Wants. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't really get it. Like, I don't understand what uh, Mister Sinister's game plan was here. Me either. Like, it just seems like why yeah. would you show anybody this after the reaction you got the first time? I think that this yeah. was okay. Uh, Xavier says this man is clearly malnourished, and he's also quivering in fear. Like, let him go. Mm-hmm. And Sinister's like, nah. And then they fight. Uh, and I like this fight so. a lot because uh, it's rare on this show that we get a kind of because it's a it's a superhero show so normally when there's a fight like it's a it's a full-on lasers blasting storm is talking about mm-hmm. the weather real out loud like that kind of stuff this is just a straight-up fight and like the yeah just two, the two mutant, regular men yeah and the mutant powers come into it because when they drop the keys like that magneto guy that magneto want to be um can zap them over to the other person so that they can you know free all of these people that are being incarcerated and i like that a lot like i think that's really cool yeah, the the uh, fighting the eighteen hundred X Men, and also mm-hmm. I like ex- I like action Xavier. Sure, you know? yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of silly, but the idea that his his grandfather, you know, they're playing this whole thing for irony, like having him be a pious man who was kind of a, a tough guy, versus current Xavier, who you know, gymnastic flips aside, is a man of science and is more of an intellectual <laughs> hero. And don't forget, uh, active terrorist. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I, like an intellectual terrorist. In- intellectual terrorist. is what I would I, is what I would call him. Um, so, uh, Essex is very upset that all of his, uh, experimentation subjects escaped. Um, they escaped, they end up causing this fire, like shooting, you know, fire, uh, out of their hands and setting a building on fire, which causes like the bobbies to show up and pretty much like rains on the parade here. You know, Essex mm-hmm. is like, Oh no, all my work, everything is gone. The mutants are fighting back against the humans doing cool power shit. Like I am way here for this. Oh yeah. This like, is this great. 1800s. Like, you know, uh, uh, Charles Dickens style X-Men that happened. And for whatever reason, cool. 
I don't know if it's just because like everything is a little exaggerated in in this like in this time frame, but it it none of the animation problems that we've been talking about up to for the for the last few episodes really like it's they're here, but for some reason they don't bother me as much. And I think it's just because like it, the setting is so different and like they are somewhat consistent with the characters that they're doing. So it doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily bother me as much as it has. Like it works for me in a, in a real way. Yeah, I, I like this a lot. And then so. Um, as the, uh, the cops are trying to round up the mutants who are escaping, one of them runs into a church because he is a pious man like Xavier. Xavier follows him and he's scared. You know, he prays and Xavier, uh, the mob is going to kill him because he's a freak and Xavier, uh, you know, turning into Xavier for the first time or turning into his great, great, great grandson or what have you, uh, decides to protect him from the mob, which is a very Charles Xavier thing to do mm-hmm. uh, here. And something that I fucking love. Guess what? Uh, Mr. Sinister does. That's right. His classic move from the Phalanx Covenant: <laughs> run down an alley. Yeah, I'm gonna get down this alley, and I'm not looking back. That's just, that's a, that's a yep. theme song. I'm gonna get down this yep. alley, and I'm not looking yep. back. Yep he he runs away after uh, after everybody tries it. So they chase him. He goes goes to his wife uh, here. She doesn't you know she rejects him at this point, which is you know pretty pretty heartbreaking. He's like, hey, we got to get out of here, and she's like, no. You know, like you're, you're a monster and a freak and they're, they're coming at you with pitchforks. I've read, you know, Frankenstein. I know you're the bad guy here. Uh, so he escapes there. Yeah. He jets, he gets on a horse and yeah. leaves. Um, that we, we get kind of a, a cool, like epilogue sequence where we've just find out what happened to everybody, <laughs> which I think is really yeah. good. Um, like yeah, I love this, like all the different, like weirdo, you know, X-Men are all in different parts of the country, uh, or different parts of the world. Sinister has a full on Dracula castle now where Jack the Ripper delivers him a package. <laughs> so Fucking his friend Jack. awesome. I've never wanted to be a yeah, villain, that, but wow, do I want to be this villain? <laughs> that, that, that is, that's how, that's what a cool thing for this cartoon to do. That's why Jack the Ripper was doing his murders was to get Mr. Sinister genetic material for his experiments. Like, did you, like, in a million years, did you expect that to no, happen in this cartoon? Not at not all. Me. Like, I didn't. If you yeah. had told me about it, I would have called you a liar. I'd been like, come on, you're fucking with me. Like, there's no, there's literally no way that Jack the Ripper is in this X Men show. Um, and then, you know, Xavier dedicating his life to hunting this guy is the other part that feels like Dracula. You know, he's trying absolutely. to find him. He, mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he goes to his place. He thinks he's going to find him. And instead, what happened? Sinister, super baller move, leaves his autographed copy of Origin of the Species. Booyah. Damn. Gotcha, Xavier. Love it. <laughs> then so, we get uh, a framing sequence. Yeah. So then, so we, we find out that um, Rebecca never spoke again, which seems like a weird thing. Like, it seems like a real mm. specific thing to say, but for really no outcome. Um, but then, yeah, in the real world, in the current timeline, Xavier wakes up. Like, Professor Xavier wakes up having, like, been reading this book that was left to him from his family, which I think is kind of mm-hmm. cool. And uh yeah and he's just staring it's really dramatic looking like the um light is is uh the the shadows from the window frame are like falling on his face like he looks like uh like he's dealing with some shit. Mhm. Um you know really cool and it's just like oh that that was the one that got away like my ancestor couldn't kill him and now he's a big problem. The worst part of like in talking about this I've actually come around on this one. I think this might be the the best episode of the season. Um like I think this is a pretty good episode and like the uh the only bummer is where it's placed. Like this is the penultimate episode, so you never get closure on uh, Mister Sinister. Mister Sinister, last seen running away from the Phalanx Covenant. And, and and the thing is, like they build him up in this. Like I would have liked to have seen this before we ever saw the Nasty Boys, right? 
Oh, like yeah. showing, showing this and then having it just fade out and be like, well, that was weird. And then two episodes later, he shows up to kidnap Scott and Jean would have been so fucking cool. Like just that, yeah. just that placement. I, or, I mean, even doing a little bit, you know, if you, you could have had him show up and then do the origin, but then have him be a major antagonist. Like, yeah, this is a, this is a good origin though. Like, you know, for him, like it is interesting. It is, I think this is probably better told than the comics version of it. So. So well done. The um yeah, I end up liking this. I mean, there's problems with it. Like it's really outlandish, you know. But at this point, like I I want outlandish. Well, uh, and it's from the show. It's outlandish, and it's it's outlandish in kind of a good way, though. Like it it kind of works. Yeah. And it's like the problems that I have with it aren't are, like are just so far are just so minor compared to the Sam Guthrie episode or anything else that we've seen from this season so far. Absolutely. The um I don't know if I told you this before I probably did the first time Sinister showed up on the show but did you know that uh Chris Claremont originally intended Mr. Sinister to be a little kid that had like shape-shifting powers and the reason why he has that stupid name and costume was because it was a little kid's idea of a supervillain? Oh no, I don't think we talked about that because I would have remembered that. That makes way more sense because Mr. Sinister is a is a real dumb name. <laughs> yeah, it's an extremely dumb name and but it was supposed to be intentional. It's right yeah, up there yeah, with somebody, uh, Mr. Fantastic for dumb super 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 names. Yeah. Yeah. Um, super, super, uh, on the nose. The, um, but yeah, that, that's the, uh, the last like little villain origin we get. Who is, does he show up in the last episode? No, no. Um, the last episode of graduation day, which means we, and we have a, a paragraph of a uh, recap or mm-hmm. uh, synopsis for once, uh, due to a serious injury, professor Xavier is dying and must leave with Lalandra to go with her to the Shi'ar empire. He bids farewell to his X-Men. The last scene of the show ends with all the X-Men standing outside the mansion watching the Landra ship carrying Xavier <laughs> flying away. I think that the hit referencing that it's a show in the last uh, synopsis is a little bit off to me. Also, that's the end of the episode. A lot of it's, things happen before It's the that. very end of the episode. And like, you could say that this episode is about a lot of things, and it's definitely about yeah. Xavier dying, but it's about so much more than that. Like this, We finally get a little bit of global action with this mutant versus human yeah. thing, and it's really good. Like, I kind of dig this yeah. Episode. I other than like a plot contrivance at the end that I think is super stupid. This could have been like a really really good episode. Instead, it turns out to be a, a good episode, you know, as opposed to like a, a goat episode, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll, we'll we'll get to it because there's a lot to talk about in this one. Um, it, there is there is a lot. Starting with um, our old buddy Gyrick. <laughs> why, yeah. why do we why do we keep giving this dude a place to talk? <laughs> Nobody <laughs> likes him. Least of all the mutants. Like this is ridiculous. Um, but he's basically yeah. there to uh, shout at everybody that mutants are bad and that they need to pass the. Uh, is it the mutant c- like containment th- bill? I think is what it's called. Yeah, he's at, he's at the UN or something like that, and he wants to do do the thing. You know, he wants he wants to uh, enslave or register mutants. You know, the the her- historical thing. But he's bringing up good points, right? Like he actually talks about. Uh, you know, he's showing scenes from earlier in the series of mutants doing terrible things. He talks about. Um, the incident in Ireland, which like is referring to Proteus uh, or Scotland rather like he's actually, you know, bringing up citing his sources. He's doing it. Talks work. about the, the nuclear weapons on asteroid M and all that stuff. Yes. Uh, yeah. So he's actually like had some points, but he's so over the top and dramatic about them that you can't help but think that he's a crazy person. And, and guess who slides into his DMS <laughs> Xavier just comes up from stage left on his floating mechanical wheelchair. Like this guy is addressing the UN. What is Xavier doing here? And why does he get to do this? Why what does is- Xavier get to uh, have his floating wheelchair in like in the, in front of everybody and the cameras and not have to tell everybody where he got a floating wheelchair at? Like, yeah, in, you know, can in, you imagine in, 
being in a real right wheelchair and seeing this on TV. <laughs> Who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> yeah, why does this guy get technology that doesn't exist yet? And also, why is he always defending mutants? And like for once, like a character is smart and Gyrick like considers that. Mm-hmm. You know? He's just like, uh boy, like uh, you know, maybe uh maybe uh this guy is not you know, not not, not on the up and up. I do like um, um the, the little like the as, as Xavier is talking there right before Gyrick accuses him, we get like some scenes to some other other people watching the TV. And um mm-hmm. There's uh there's that one scene of the Morlocks and they've got like that old style cabinet TV that my great grandmother used to have you, and they didn't even set it that but it it's set it's not even set flat on the floor it's just like at an angle on top of some trash I'm like you could just move it to make it look like a normal fucking TV just do it it's a cabinet it's like um it's like a fallout where like things are bad but nobody ever changes it you know like everyone just yeah. like, lives like oh there's a skeleton in the living room but I'm not gonna do anything about it the um so it's just like they just turned on the TV where they found it it was just garbage. You know, they didn't uh, bring a TV down here. Very funny. Um, and this little thing of showing mutants from around the world is really great. We get this, like, I don't know what team this is supposed to be. <laughs> this is amazing. With, with I tusk. love this. So we, it's got Sunfire. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's got Feral. Okay. And then uh, Tusk. Mm, okay. And then the rest. <laughs> like, who, do you know who the rest of these guys are? Not at all. Like, uh, I posted a picture of this in the in the Slack, by the way, to see if anybody would. And, uh, yeah. Somebody posted it was... Um, Evo Lad, Darkseed, Morphlight, and and Tusk, of course. So, like, you can figure out who that is. <laughs> like Morphlight a whole like Darkseed. lot. Yeah. <laughs> Darkseed with a little Santa cap on is really good. That looks like the leader in the background, right? Yeah, it's it's got the same head condition as the leader, but the leader has hair, which is one of the weirdest things about the leader. But oh like, god, and, and and facial hair. How would you like to be the um, the leader's barber and like just having to deal with that oh enormous fucking melon coming in? Yeah, that's it is. you just you put the the close sign in the window and just yeah. <laughs> just just leave. <laughs> put on a pot of coffee. The um, so Gyrick is just saying like, hey, this is bullshit. You know, um, you're saying there's other sides to it. We haven't really seen it. And what about you? You know, what about you? <laughs> uh, and you know, it, it cuts to the X Men. The X Men are like, you know we've been battling, it kind of implies that this has been going on for a while. Like this is like debate six in the mutant containment series mm-hmm. or whatever. Xavier's getting exhausted. Garrick says, Hey, you know, if you like mutants so much, why aren't you a mutant? Which like better late than never. Right. Like, I feel like somebody should have made this, this idea, like maybe guess this before. Um, but he pulls out like a, a tech thing and zaps Xavier. Yeah. There. And now the X Men finally get up to do something, and uh, whatever this whatever this thing that he's zapping him with like triggers uh, his Roku remote. His, his, he yeah. zaps him with the Roku remote. <laughs> Siri, blast Charles Xavier. Uh, <laughs> Would you like me to Google last Xavier? God damn it, Siri! You never work when I want you to work. <laughs> uh, but it triggers Xavier's uh, telepathy, and then like everybody starts getting kind of fucked up about it until he just dumps himself out of his floating chair and kind of knocks himself out. And uh, yeah. This is this is uh, kind of a of Logan man. Oh, this is hella Logan man. I, I was really into this when yeah. it, when it was happening. Uh, yeah. Beast picks up this the the Roku remote and is like, "Oh, this was configured for Professor Xavier's brainwaves." And like, how do you know that? Like, you just looked at this thing; it's a broken piece of shit <laughs> on the ground. Like, how do you know that? You're just lying, <laughs> you goddamn liar, Beast. No, no, no one will be able to check this except for me. <laughs> yeah, nobody will even care <laughs> because everyone's worried about my uh, their professor being dead. Yeah. Yeah. 
it is uh, <laughs> perhaps it is good that yeah um and but can we talk about just about uh well before that can we talk about cyclops's weird bowling shirt sure yeah let's this? get into it <laughs> this, is, this is a new costume for him uh, a new casual cyclops and like <laughs> he, he's in this like blue shirt with different colored s- sleeves and collar uh it looks he looks like he's going to go bowling after this I mean, that, that's does. really all there is to it it's just very it, funny though what do you want to bet that on the back is just a pair of his red sunglasses like embroidered on like this is his team shirt <laughs> you know amazing. what i'm saying <laughs> be amazing it would be and i don't trust cyclops to have a clever like pun name for his bowling team it'd probably just be like scott slammers <laughs> the good bowlers <laughs> 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 Uh, our daddies didn't definitely didn't leave us at the bowling rink. <laughs> why, why, why did you call it? Why did you call it Scott Slammers, not Scott Strike? Scott Strikers. God damn it! <laughs> Slamming isn't a thing that happens in bowling. It is when I do it. Dad. <laughs> yeah. They, <laughs> so the end. Uh, Wolverine picks up Xavier, gives him a courtesy sniff, and says, "Like, hey, he's dead." Yeah, and, and then we fade to black. Commercial. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. But he's not dead. No, of course not. Uh, so he's, they just have him set up on a, um, some sort of table in the Blackbird, and uh, they've got a bunch of tubes hooked to him. Uh, I kind of like this as far as like creating a sense of urgency. Like uh, Cyclops is yelling at everybody, like, op- you know, get a, get, mm-hmm. open up the infirmary, get a video feed to, to Retaggart. We're going to be there in five minutes. Gambit, you, you fly, step on it. Like he's kind of mm-hmm. yelling at everything. It's actually kind of cool. Like this is, this, yeah, it's, this, great, it's great characterization. Yeah. This like feels he's good. Being a dick because he's really, really hurt. Yeah, he's scared and he's being a real asshole. Also, it's just yeah, good to pre- see Cyclops guess, guess. again. <laughs> I've been missing yeah, this dude. He's been gone for a while. He was, he was bowling. Like, there's a whole, <laughs> he came right from the alley. Like during, while everyone was on vacation, uh, you know, Wolverine decided to go to France, uh, you know, as you do, um, you know, Xavier caught up on his reading. Uh, Jubilee and, and and Beast went to the the Aztecs, and uh, Scott decided to uh, work on his his game. He's up to eighty. Uh, he, he can bowl an eighty. Yeah, so, and he thinks that's yeah. good. <laughs> when when he calls to set up the infirmary, he calls Jubilee, which again just being the final little bit of like Jubilee being the linchpin of this team somehow. Absolutely, and man. operating the mansion on her own all the time as a fourteen year old girl. She's, I mean, she's the powerhouse of this series. Like now that we're at the end of it, I think we can officially say like the series has been about her and her journey. And mm-hmm. it's, it's been fascinating to watch, man. I'm, I'm really glad. <laughs> I'm really glad we got a chance to experience let me, this. Let me run something by you here real quick, because it's, it's something you might be able to, to miss. So he's doing that. Here's the, we're going to move into the main thrust of the episode. The coolest part of it is how the world community uh, reacts to, you know, again, within the metaphor, like Martin Luther King getting shot, right? Like, I'm not trying to say that to minimize MLK, but like in the metaphor, there's always been that, you know, there's been the, the MLK Malcolm X thing between kind of peaceful resistance and militant persistent sure. uh, resistance. And the, the spokesperson for peaceful resistance gets shot by a bigot. Like that's going to be a powder keg. We switch over to mutants dealing with this. Uh, speaking of sun, uh, specifically sunspot, where are they at? Have you seen this scene of this weird mushroom island from a video game? You mean that you they mean, live on? You mean you mean penis cabin <laughs> island? Where the fuck are they? All of their huts are made out of penises. It's so weird. Well, this is this is incredible. Like this, this looks like um like it's from the Neverhood or something. It is a bunch of mushroom and penis shaped houses, uh, stacked together in a way that is ex- like very video game. Like, and then they pan over it. It's not like a, they're not primitive. They have a TV that's on a wall mount in a cave 
where Sun Sunfire uh is is talking to his assorted people. Unfortunately, Tiny Tusk is not there. Yeah, wait, no but, no appearance uh, of Tiny Tusk fans. If you were if you were looking yeah, he, for it. He, here, here's there's another cameo too is that like you know he turns he talks to feral and he's just like hey you know we have to commit war they killed our peace person in the background there's there's a woman who kind of looks like mrs sinister but wearing a, an apron mm-hmm. there's a guy who is explicitly uh he-man it's prince adam <laughs> it is He-Man. absolutely he-man yes and then there's the tiny morlock from christmas yeah this is the anime girl from <laughs> like, from the from the more like very special very more like little christmas like this is what is she doing with these people why do they have why do I they have this anime girl what team is this like who, <laughs> why are they why are they like, assembled together what brought them together it's it's like it's you would what you'd want to do here is have like if you didn't want to have an existing team like you'd want to have like the mutant liberation front or something like that and and feral is kind of associated with those guys but everybody else is just like and sunfire is a straight-up superhero like there's just this is very weird like sunfire feral and miscellaneous so okay I I'm, to be I'm having the representation a, i'm having a hard time here and i just want to try to avoid some 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 tweets or some emails in the future is this sunfire or sunspot because i get the two of them confused this, it's sunfire this is right? sunfire because sunspot yeah, is it turns sunspot like before but I, yeah yeah I definitely have Sunspot written all in the notes. So if that happens again, that's on me. Yeah. Everybody tweet at me. Yeah. Sunfire I, uh, is, is, a, is a Japanese. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sunfire is a Japanese uh, superhero who has fire powers and can fly. Sunspot is a new mutant who uh, gets full of like crackling black energy is what they yeah, say. And he gets yeah, super yeah. strong. Yeah. They actually do his powers pretty good in the, um, in the gifted, by the way. Really? Mm-hmm. I'm kind of I'm kind of surprised because I, I always thought that was an awesome visual, but I was you know they don't they don't uh, go full on like cool. he doesn't like turn into that dude or anything like it's it's much more reserved yeah. and it's better for it so that's cool the um so this weird video game island they live on Magneto walks over to it and and he's <laughs> he's that they're there like and he's just like mm-hmm. these people are ready to to follow me and I love the idea that this happened and it is the perfect excuse for Magneto to go back on his bullshit. Absolutely. Like, like he's coming down the mountain from the Arctic, right? <laughs> like he's, yeah. <laughs> he crosses the ocean. Also, yeah. wait, hold on, hold on. I just, I was kind of clipping through this episode. Uh, that dude that always gets beat up for like being the fashion guy or whatever. Yeah. They, he's in there yeah. too. <laughs> he's hanging yeah, out for, for boy. Yeah, yeah. I'll be damned. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's really miscellaneous. It's like everybody who's not on a team, everybody got picked last. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the, uh, so like this actually makes, I don't think I don't credit the people who made this show with doing this intentionally. Right. But like the, uh, this makes a lot of sense for where Magneto's at in his arc. Like he, he made his big bid to, he tried his version of Xavier's dream, right. Which was to like segregation. Mm-hmm. Like they won't let me live peacefully. I'm going to go to my own Island. Like I'm going to go to space, you know, like. I don't think Xavier's right, but I respect this man and his his dream enough to try uh, something that is compatible with his ways. The Earth wouldn't let him do that. He goes through an existential crisis for a little while, like lives in his fortress of solitude. Somebody offers him his wife back, like he kind of spends some time working on Magneto. You know, he grows that big beard, has his thing, and then the perfect opportunity comes along for him to slip into something comfortable. <laughs> you know, this is this is him, him saying, you know what, like. Xavier, I love Xavier. He was wrong. I was right. This proves it. This is what I'm good at. I'm going to actually put on the helmet, be, you know, throw this sword into the ocean and actually become a real ass fucking supervillain again. And it's awesome. Absolutely. Like it, is, it is a really like, this is a great character beat. 
for Magneto, even though it feels like a regression, it actually is like, it feels like something you would do if you were lost or you had no idea what else to do. Well, and the thing that's changed like super now good. is that he's not trying to convince everybody that this is true. Everybody wants him to lead. Like literally they are begging yeah. him to like, I think at some point he comes out and they just start shouting, lead us to him. And that has to feel pretty yeah. fucking good to Magneto who has probably had, uh, who has had a history of, of leading bad teams that doesn't didn't necessarily want it to be led. So this yeah, feels really good. Tusk. Yeah. Yeah. Now he, the, uh, now he has Tusk on his team. <laughs> yeah, with bonus Tusk. <laughs> so, we, so we go back to the mansion, uh, and everyone's standing around the kitchen having this crisis. Storm's back after an absence of about, like, ten episodes. Um, and, uh, you know, they're just like, man, you know, this is this is really rough. Everyone's real mad. Everyone's kind of getting up each other's noses because everyone's, you know, upset. Um, really good, you know, good work here. Um, and they're, they're talking to Moyer McTaggart and she's like, you know, he's actually, he's too far gone. Like earth science cannot fix this. Um, and, uh, beast is like, well, what if outer space science, what if Shi'ar technology could do it? Um, can we get in touch with them? Uh, you know, Gene, can you do it? Gene says, I can't do it. Yeah. They've had a, apparently Xavier and Alondra have this special connection that allowed them to communicate with each other across light years of space. And Gene can't, can't front on that. She can't, she has no idea. Yeah. I do want to point out by the way that, uh, Moira Metaggart has set up a video feed in front of her building so that you can see the sign that says Muir Island directly behind her shoulder, which is a weird, like, why are you, Moira, why are you branding, dog? We know where you are. We called you. Well, and, like, I had to go outside to make this phone call. I have to go outside to make like, this like, video phone call. I got to go FaceTime in the yeah. in, in the yard, everybody. Oh, it's a, it's, a, it's an emergency? Let me go set up a yard camera. Yeah. <laughs> her and Banshee were just Very out here funny. filming like some outdoor sex activities, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. And she, she's, she's naked from the waist down. She just had, she just put on her collar, you know? <laughs> um that's oh, very God. funny i, I oh, didn't know i wish i noticed that it's very funny that she's doing this from outside <laughs> it's um, just in the worst place possible anyway yeah so yeah they um, so yeah so they, they, uh, they release a video showing that he's okay yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it turns out it, it's it's fake well i like this leading up to this like we get this whole news thing of that uh mutants are rioting like across the globe right like yeah. this is this is uh like people are writing like where's Magneto and and graffiti on the walls, uh th- everyone is 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 kind of like looking for a leader. The newscaster goes far to say it's like everyone thinks this is okay until they f- get organized and find a leader, and it's just yeah yeah yeah. And then of course they have a, a statement from Professor Xavier who says like don't do this. Everybody, calm down. If you're doing this on behalf of me, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. I would never ask you to take to. To, to ask you to have to commit violence in my name, that kind of thing, um, which has yeah. got to be very reassuring to you know everybody in the United States who is who's probably <laughs> freaking the fuck out right now. <laughs> yeah, and not the people who uh, who are spray painting Viva Magneto, uh, yeah, on, on on walls and stuff. Um, but this is this is again like kind of sophisticated storytelling. Like this is fake. The you know Xavier's not okay. They just called up their buddy Morph and said, "Hey, can you prevent, pretend to be Xavier?" And like help us do damage control you know gary i want to i want to clue you in um the moment that uh they pan the camera over and then we see xavier in the chair and then he turns into morph Mm -hmm. wolverine walks over and just has the most the warmest smile that this animation this animation has ever (laughs) produced he is so happy to see his boy morph (laughs) he's so excited that morph has joined the back that is he back on the team Wolverine did this in order to lure Morph back into the fold. <laughs> that's how that's how that uh, that's how that Roku, Roku remote was tuned to Xavier's telepathic yeah. signal. 
Yeah. Um, so Morph also on the way to do a, a, another wipe, because this is the season of bad wipes, wipes, we do a Magneto wipe where Morph turns into Magneto. And remember in the early seasons when Morph turned into something and it would actually like his, his skin would change and stuff. Oh yeah. Now he just fades out and fades back in as the, the correct person. We don't want to animate this, right? Like we don't, we don't have to, we drawings. don't have to do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Oh, it's so bad. It's so, so bad. Um, we switch over to, to Magneto on Weird Mushroom Island, uh, talking to all those people who live in huts what? Uh, around campfire. What is this? I just, like, I don't understand <laughs> I don't what this is supposed are. to be. Like, I don't... I didn't notice it the first time I watched it, and now I'm just, like, rewatching it. Just like, what are you guys doing in Mushroom Island? This well, is so I noticed it, weird. too, because, like, everybody is, like, they're, like, at a campfire. Like, everyone's, like, hanging out. Like, some people don't even have mm-hmm. tents. They're just laying on the ground sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> they're not even indoors. <laughs> It's the weirdest yeah. fucking thing. <clears throat> uh, uh, T- Tusk shows back up again in case anybody wondered. Sure. Uh, yeah. Tusk is back. Toad's there. You know, we're, we're getting everybody. And Magneto gives a speech about, you know, pretty boilerplate Magneto stuff. But finally, people are ready to hear it. You know, everybody's on board with this. It was pretty cool. Yeah, and, and his speech is fine. Like his, his speech is totally okay. It's exactly what I would expect for, uh, for Magneto to say at this point, like it's, it's really well written. Like all of this stuff is good. I really like a uh, helmetless Magneto with that, that, that huge oh, white yeah. mane is, is really good. That's yeah. fun stuff. And, and this also, this crowd scene, you get the guy who uh, is dressed up as scarecrow as a scarecrow. Oh yes. His power is a goo is goofy face and is a bag of leaves. What? This is superpower. <laughs> this <so>. is the- <laughs> Not since that one uh, mutant in the new X Men who's just a back, just air, like in a in a containment, <laughs> in like a balloon yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, has, have we seen like a, a bad mutant? Like this is ridiculous. I I love that drawing. It just it makes me think that the person who drew this had no understanding of what a mutant was. Like he's just like hey, just draw a bunch of creative monsters, go nuts with it. Yeah, you know, and he just get, get crazy. With, you've seen Star Trek, huh? Just do Star Trek yeah. stuff. Yeah. No, this is this isn't Star Trek, Jeremy. Like if you Star Trek, there are a lot of Star Trek monsters on there, but this one is a bag of leaves. Like it is even crazier than that. Like well, you've seen Halloween episodes Halloween of Star Trek, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's in the one where they celebrate the obscure Earth holiday known as Halloween. Um, <laughs> Oh, uh, my God. produce a bunch of leaves so that I could rake them into the scarecrow bag and give it conscience <laughs> and make it feel pain. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's a line uh, here coming up. So, so uh, after Magneto's big speech, we go back to the mansion and uh, Xavier's mm-hmm. on his deathbed. He's got hours to live. The machines are keeping him alive. Uh, Cyclops turns to uh, Wolverine and says that uh, Gene has used Cerebro to do a psychic recon quote of the whole situation <laughs> i just i don't <laughs> <I> just <laughs> a psychic recon of the whole situation okay cool oh okay interesting thank god well it's just like that that's the beginning of the end of this episode like there's still good stuff that happens but that's where the the one sticking point starts mm-hmm. is them not no longer having the the kind of skill to write their way out of this in a believable way so they have Gene just literally find the solution by scanning for solutions of the, ep- they should have just said, did a psychic recon of the episode. And that would have been like equally believable. Yeah. Gene has predicted the future and we yeah. have, we have determined that our animators are extremely poor and time sensitive. So we are not going to do a lot of fighting with this one. Uh, I so, just, so I don't silly. get what this is though, because he's, cause like 
Cyclops calls Wolverine in and it's almost set up to be like a, like a special black ops thing. Like I need you. It's going to be me and you and we've got to get to Magneto. And I was like, okay, this is the X-Men like betraying Xavier's dream on his deathbed in order to save the world. Right. Like this is, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to achieve his dream, but at what cost by betraying at the same time. But no, they're not. They're literally just trying to sneak in to quote unquote, talk to him. And I'm like, what, what are you doing? Cause they treat it like a suicide mission. Yeah, well, it's this is I think this isn't this is the show being shitty, but like I think the idea here is that Cyclops is selling it to Wolverine as such. But Cyclops, since Jean Grey scanned the situation, Jean Grey had this idea before, like on how they're going to actually fix this, right? Okay. So that's why they say you know we can't kill him; it's not a suicide mission. So it it weaves towards the way you're thinking, which is way more thematically rich and cool, Mm -hmm. even though it is darker. And instead go zags towards something stupider. Like yeah. Significantly stupider, which we're going to get to, but they didn't want to tell Wolverine because Wolverine may not be down with it. Like he doesn't like that. You know, he doesn't want to consort with villains. Like he is much more of an absolutist and that stuff. Which I mean, at a certain point, like yeah, Wolverine, <laughs> either we need to join, yeah. <laughs> join with Magneto to make sure his, his uprising isn't as violent as it could be, or we need to kill Magneto to make sure that his, his uprising isn't as violent as it could be. <laughs> <laughs> And it's not like you haven't worked with Magneto before, you know, yeah. it's, it's a weird thing for him to draw a line now all of a sudden. Um, but Jean insists she's going to come on this trip. And of course, you know, Cyclops and, and Wolverine are like, no. And she's like, yes. And then they just go because we don't have a lot yeah, of time left in this Jean episode knows. and we're, we're trying to get to the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we like, yes, no. Yes. Okay. Um, when they arrive, Magneto just blows up their plane, which is not very Magneto like, right? Like to just summarily execute a bunch of X-Men. <laughs> Yeah, the, yeah, he didn't thing he would do. I like this though because it's like, okay, I'm not fucking around anymore. Like before, I would yeah. like engage these people on their own terms, and we would have a fight and maybe a philosophical battle at the end. And I would try to like dump a bunch of chemicals, but now I don't have time for this. Like I'm standing on this outcropping of weird melted rock, and I'm going to blow up this plane. <laughs> like it's just done. Yeah, well, it, they've stopped him every other time before too, so he knows mm-hmm. this is his best chance. You know, which is pretty cool. Like again, I like the characterization of Magneto a lot in here. Um, blows up their plane. Luckily, they jump out um, first, and Jean Grey uses her force field to like land them, so they can kind of walk up to Mushroom Land. <laughs> Note here: Are there no houses in Genosha? <laughs> like, yeah, no. It's, it's, like, uh, I mean, like, like if you look, like they sneak in, and I'm, we're going to talk about this yeah. a little bit. But like, number one, like Jean is very bad at this force field thing. Like, not 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 great at landing oh, yeah. at all. Um, but they sneak in just by walking in and nobody recognizes them. They're the fucking yeah. X-Men. Like, did you not yeah. see that picture that was going around for the last four episodes? Yeah. <laughs> this is all of them. <laughs> you should have mailed a copy, like a, a Polaroid of that. Mm-hmm. Um, they walk past all the, uh, the mutants who are just sleeping on the ground uh, outside of houses. Many of them sleeping, sitting up. And it's like, they're not being quiet or anything either. I don't know, you know, what's going on. Except for Feral and, and, uh, and Sunfire who are hanging out doing something and then wake everybody up before we before we jump in they recognize them the first dude that they walk by and if you can kind of maybe rewind a little bit uh is what forearm is his name i think oh not the first dude i'm the the, uh the dude laying down that has fins for feet and it looks like an ape Oh, the swimming gorilla suit guy. Yeah, what? <laughs> Notice swimming gorilla suit guy. What? What is this dude's power, and why is he not in the water with fins for feet? <laughs> he's he's got a real body type like me. Like if I were at this place, that's 
and then it was just a naked mutant. Like that's, that's about what I look like laying down on the ground. You, so, you wear a lot of bandoliers too, like just a little chest strap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and I, I wear a gorilla suit and just have the big ape Lincoln beard. And of course, yeah. And then, yeah, I, I didn't notice that guy. And he he gets he brought a sheet. He's laying down like it's a picnic. Everyone else has to lay down on the ground, but he's he's there for Fourth of July. Like he's he's got a a blanket to lay on. Presumably, all of the huts are filled up, right? That's why they're they're out here. <laughs> no, they're not. Like you can see them, and they're empty. Like, I don't understand why nobody's indoors. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> you know? Like uh, it's extremely weird. Um, so th- this is this is where we get our fight, you know, between the three most principal X Men, you know, arguably, and then you think we're going to get a fight between them and like a thousand mutants, you know, and yes. it's like pretty cool. We see uh, Reaper. We see some, you know, Toad. We see some more cameos. I'm glad they're actually doing that. In addition, with their weird He Man villains, they keep showing up. Mm-hmm. And Pharaoh points out, he's like, "Hey, no Magneto is here. Um, you know, he's gonna he's gonna uh, uh, tell us what to do." And the X Men sneak away while everyone is staring at Magneto. Yeah, and I love the X Men's justification. Like Cyclops is just literally like, "There's got to be a secret door. There's always a secret door." Oh, found it! He <laughs> <laughs> just find it immediately. Yep. <laughs> Everything is happening very quickly uh, now. Now that we are near the end, because it's like they realized that they had they had to cap up this entire series in in eighteen minutes or whatever. Um, but this is actually kind of cool here if it wasn't so dumb. Where like they get to, they're going to interrupt Magneto's speech. Uh, they're going to stop him. They do this fight. Magneto is just like, you know, you're not going to stop me this time. Fight, fight, fight. He throws some slime furniture at them. You know, it's it's a, a pretty pretty good fight. Did something happen to Genosha off screen that everything's melted? Is that what's happening here? Like, is, is, did, is did a nuclear? Yeah, because that's where uh, Cyclops tells Wolverine. He's like, mutants are streaming okay. to Genosha, and that's where, and that's what, and you know what that means. Like, we have to go over there and talk to Magneto. So it, it makes I, me I think that like, don't think this is, yeah. We've been to Genosha several times on the show. Remember, mm-hmm. Genosha is a place where if you're a mutant, you get a 10% discount on hotels. <laughs> Hotel rooms, and yeah. Now it is a now it is a cut level from Super Mario Land. Like, <laughs> now, now it is no longer, like, a real place at all. I hate to uh, I hate to play to the stereotype, but it looks like a like a abandoned level in Bloodborne, right? With all the melted candle wax everywhere. Like, that's what it looks oh, like. Yeah. Just, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, oh but, man! But they fight, and the the reason that they they get out of this is uh, they say like, "Hey, uh, Xavier is actually dying." He's like, "What are you talking about?" I saw him on the news. He's like, "No, no, no, that was Morph. Uh, he's actually you dying. He's idiot. on his deathbed." You Claude, who do you hang out with? Is it Mystique? Because you should know that that's not actually not uh... <laughs> you should, everybody. You shouldn't believe anything. I don't know why anybody believes anybody's yeah, anybody. In fact, where is Mystique right now? It could have been her. You dipshit. Um. So. Uh, you know, he says that, and he says, like, I'll let you leave, but you, I'll let you live, but you have to leave, you know? And somewhere in this fight, Magneto zapped Jean Grey, which caused her powers to get better yes. or stronger. It's like a blink and you miss it kind of thing. And Jean says, hey, actually, how much do you love Charles Xavier? Which is like a great, like, line, I think. Like, I think that's a, that's a really good thing because that's important to understanding Magneto, right? Like, it's, he loves that man. Like, they mm-hmm. are, they are best buds. He has so much respect for him. He says, you, you can use your magnetic powers to boost my brain waves to get in touch with Alondra because brain waves are just electromagnetic energy and nothing like this from here on out, like up until the actual end, like this is so dumb, like bringing Magneto and Xavier's surrogate children together to save Xavier and live on the dream is perfect. I wish they had found a way that wasn't so like bad sciencey. Me too, because I love you know? this dilemma that they put Magneto in of like, here is my chance. Yeah. 
my legions are waiting. It's what he says. You know, I, I am, I am primed to take, take over this. This is the moment to do it, but I can't let my yep. friend die. And I think even Cyclops, either it's Cyclops so or Wolverine good. says like, you know, would he, he would, you know, he would do the same for you. You know that he would, he would do the exact same thing for you. It's really great. Like yeah. I, this kind of like, this kind of pathos does not happen in the show. We don't usually get to talk about cool stuff like this on this show. Normally, it's just Gambit's yeah. dick. But we haven't seen Gambit's dick once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, he, he solemnly and respectfully only rubs it through the front of his pants. And since he down. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to stop touching this, Sherry. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I need to come, but I won't do it in front of you if you don't want for Xavier. You know, it's like really, um, and it, it's the line is here. I, I, I had to look it up. I looked up the, the script here that Wolverine has. It's so good. He says, Magneto, as he's walking away, he's trying to justify it to himself. He says, after what they did to Xavier, why do you fight me? And Wolverine says, because he'd want us to, you yeah. know, it's like so good. That's it's a so good, good line. It's like yeah. very, very like, you know, this, this is encapsulating the themes in a way that just makes me wish that they didn't say that brainwaves were electromagnetic and, and Magneto could zap, you know, increase her powers and zap them through the universe. Like there's just a lot of different, I, you know, I feel like there could have been a different way to do this. You know, this is very, very cool thematically and not very cool mechanically. Yeah. This is, so. this is kind of dumb. Like, uh, even if just getting like, Hey, don't you want to talk to your, your best friend before he dies would have been like, don't you want to yeah. be there? Not even like you can save him or whatever, or, uh, you know, but just don't, don't well, you want still, to see him? He's got to give something up in order to, uh, you know, in order to to give up his dream, right? Like he wouldn't give up his dream to say goodbye. He'll give up his dream to save his friend's life. But like, what if, uh, what if there had just been a MacGuffin, right? Like, what if there was a Shi'ar device that they had that was like, this allows us to to communicate. Um, however, only I can activate it, and it can be activated by magnets or something. If it wasn't literally just when Magneto uses his powers on Xavier, Xavier gets mega thought. Because Magneto has used his powers on Xavier before, and he never got mega thought. Before. And he never got mega thought. But now, <laughs> mega thought is just like I'm, I'm picturing it spelled T H O T, and I'm having a great time over here. I just want you to know that <laughs> the mega thought. Xavier get mega thought all the time now. Now Ruko give Xavier mega thought. Magneto give Xavier mega thought. Everything get mega thought. Like it is just everything can boost his powers, and it's so silly. You know, it works. Everyone is crying. Everyone's tearful. Like, it's kind of a great scene. You know, he wakes up. He kind of makes a joke. You know, it's well, still a really, really good, good scene. I, I, I want to talk <laughs> about this. That's a good note, Jeremy. <laughs> he does. He does. I mean, like, Magneto, like, touches hands to, to Xavier's head and, like, a telepathic wad shoots out into space. Like, it's like he ejaculated telepathic energy to his girlfriend in space, right? Like, that's what this is. <laughs> it is It is a TK wad. It's, it's a TK one you get if you grind everyone up to level ninety nine Earthbound. <laughs> the, um, so the, <laughs> TK Wad. Um, yeah. So everybody kind of says, you know, and the idea here, uh, it's revealed that Xavier, you know, can't live here. They're going to have to bring me back, and I won't be able to come back. Like, well, I, I mean, survive like, under Shi'ar care. So everyone's saying their goodbye. Well, not even um, not even this because and it's like. Because because he doesn't like Shiar doesn't like show up like Lander doesn't show up for a little bit he just wakes up and then starts telling everybody goodbye like oh, he's going you're to right. die yeah they still think he's gonna die yeah yeah so yeah. Th- th- which yeah, is I extra a little bit 
which is extra sad because like i mean he starts with morph and then kind of works his way through the hierarchy ending with cyclops but every single per- he addresses every single person which i think is kind of strong yeah. for the show to do like they, they spend uh, several minutes going through and saying like you know storm you're mighty as a hurricane and gentle as a summer rain <laughs> okay that's not a good example yeah. but the rest of them are actually pretty good <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is speaking her language, right? Like if you're going to sure. communicate with Storm, that's how she likes to say <laughs> yeah. the talk. You know, I can only I can only communicate in weather based metaphors. <laughs> yeah, like, it's a language she'll understand. The um, you know, and just like every, everyone takes off their their masks and stuff. It is this is like a it's a great scene. You know, everybody's very upset. Um, you're really really good. And just imagine like being a kid. You know, I didn't see this as a kid, but if I had, this would have wrecked me because it's like you oh, absolutely spend all this time with these characters. You know, and you. you you love them so much. And as a kid, uh, I really very, liked very Professor excited. Xavier. I didn't realize he was such a fucking creep mm-hmm. until I was, you know, older. Yeah. Yeah. You hadn't seen him space jizz quite as much. <laughs> so like, you know, <laughs> um, but it's, it, you know, it's, it's very sweet. I just noticing I'm watching it on mute and what it looks like is when he's going through all the X-Men saying his little tight five on them, he's talking to Jean gray and it looks like uh beast, like literally like, but what about me? Like walks up and gets, gets attention, like puts his hand on him and says like, now do me professor. What's good about me? Hank McCoy. Um, like it's very funny. And Xavier doesn't uh, proud because he had, he had a whole poem memorized just for Hank. Like yeah. he does a whole fucking poem. <laughs> he does do a poem. <laughs> he, he's been faking this whole thing. He's trying to get away from the X-Men and this whole thing has been fake. Oh, absolutely. Like, he had yeah. this, all this stuff memorized and he, in his head, he was just like trying to figure out, how do I get away from these car guzzling motherfuckers who don't remember that they have powers and won't stop doing terrorism? How do I get away? And this is how. Cause so he, could, he could control Gyrick and give him a Roku. If Gyrick has the, uh, the remote control that's tuned to his brainwaves, where do you think got those brainwaves from? Xavier. It definitely is Xavier. Yeah. And, and also Xavier could like literally stop everybody with a thought. Like this is ridiculous that this yeah. is, this is happening at all. Um, but yeah, so Lalandra shows up and is like, "Yeah, your puny human medicine sucks, but uh, here's like <laughs> a brain thing, and that's going to make him better." But our brain thing doesn't work on Earth, so we got to go. Bye. Yeah. Uh, mm, seems fake, actually. <laughs> like this seems. Yeah, the, 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 yeah, it is just. It is the thing is that Xavier has been having sex pretty infrequently, and now you know he hasn't lived with his his Imzadi or whatever. Like now he gets to go live with his Imzadi. So good for him. Um, but you know, for, for real, it is very, very sweet and what a good, you know, so they, they leave, everyone's out on the lawn and kind of waves goodbye. And that's the end of the series. And like, it really suggests a, if the show hadn't been floundering and falling apart and dying of animation, uh, this suggests a really good setup for the show. Like what are the X-Men without Xavier's leadership? You know, like what are they, if they're alone in the world, that's a really cool turning point. Well, in like the, the series, I think the way that the world has changed as well mm-hmm. so that, you know, all of a sudden oh, like yeah. mutants are more, way more primed than ever to, to have a revolution. And like, this is where you get into some fun stuff that the comics have done, which was like having a schism between the X-Men. Like maybe some people actually want to believe in Magneto's gold. Like it, Xavier's stuff didn't work and he had to leave the fucking planet. So we have to go a different mm-hmm. way. Like, why would you ever believe that Xavier's stuff is going to continue to work when, you know, he took, he went to space and took all of his cars with him. So now we don't yeah. even have, we don't even get paid in cars anymore. And I, it doesn't. And then, yeah. 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 It's a, it's, it's really good. You know, I, th- I think it's a really good kind of, uh, ending, uh, you know, for this series. And the idea, not only are things worse, but you're, they're more alone, mm-hmm. you know? So, 
Love it. Like it's, it's actually a very good ending. I, I, I wish it wasn't so pseudoscience here. If they had just done the pseudoscience differently, you know, this would have been a great two-parter, you know, it just like, Oh, do we, do we need four points for across time and four parts for across time and space? Or could you have let this story breathe a little bit? And, and, you know, I would have loved to have seen like the X-Men's allies fighting like mutant uprisings. Absolutely. You know, like places, bring like, back X-Factor. Know, mutants start attacking things. Yeah. X-Factor and Colossus and, and everybody is, you mm-hmm. know, trying Nightcrawler shows up. Uh, you know, there would have been just a really good way to make this breathe. They, you know, the Morlocks choose a side, right? Like, you know, they owe Xavier a lot, but also at the same time, like they've been mistreated. Like there's a lot of cool things you could have done here. They did more of it than I expect based on this season, you know? Absolutely. So we can nitpick it forever, but it's actually has a really good core. I'm really happy that this is the finale. Like this, again, accepting the weird electromagnet brainwave bullshit uh this is a really solid x-men episode this hits everything that i like about the x-men it hits all of the kind of crises that these characters have to go through this kind of obsession with charles xavier which i think is relatively unhealthy in the x-men and it Mm -hmm. shows that too a little bit like and i would have loved to see the outcome of that it's really a disappointment that they that they couldn't do this is this is them, you know, and the, the episode's called Graduation Day, right? Like, which I love. It's not like actually them graduating from the school, which would have been a fine, fine way for them to do it. Um, instead of that, though, it's them graduating because they have to move on and forge their own kind of destiny. You know, mm-hmm. they uh, the whole idea of them being kind of unhealthily uh, dependent on Xavier makes a lot of sense because they've been here since they were kids. You know, like it is a school, like even for the adults, like Cyclops has been here since he's a kid. He's never had anything resembling a normal life. Every time he tries to go to the movies or get married, he gets (laughs) fucked up, you know, and it's very cool to throw these characters out on their own and make them uh, deal with this, you know, and I I just I love that as a setup. It's like a very, very sweet, uh, you know, very, very sweet kind of construct thematically sound really, really satisfying. We didn't get into the particular details of what Xavier was saying to every person, but it was extremely personalized. Like telling Wolverine yeah. that you know he's he he's, was a cynic and he found his he, faith. He, he telling, pretty much he pretty much told everyone the first time that they masturbated and told yes. the whole group because he's yeah. a psychic. So he, he's he definitely a psychic. Like, he just shared that you know, with everybody. You, Gene, Peace you out, were, folks. You were riding you were riding a horse and you know it broke your hymen, but then you kept going for it, and then eventually it made you orgasm. And for you, Wolverine, it was when you were a sickly child in Canada. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you were a sickly mm-hmm. child in Canada. I've known that for this entire time. I didn't want to tell you. Five and for you, Cyclops, it was two weeks ago, and like you just finally <laughs> brought up the courage to ask you for permission. And when she said she didn't say anything this time, you took it as a yes. Um, Can't spell Cyclops no, it's without actually, cuck. Yeah, <laughs> but it's actually this time. It's actually sweet. And for you, Gambit, you're doing it right now. Wow, the cat's away. <laughs> the, 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 the cats are aren't away, Gambit. You're the in the room. Are, the cats are, you're in a room full of cats. <laughs> Rogue walks up and goes, "You're in a room full of cats with rocking chairs, long tail cats and rocking chairs, sugar." Ah, yes. Ah, yes. <laughs> Fucking Gambit. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm. I'm gonna it's be actually curious. it's actually very sweet. Yeah, it's 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 a sweet ending. I'm going to be really curious to read to finish reading this book about it because I want to find out like just how off the rails this thing went. Uh, in the first couple of chapters alone, they're already blaming other people for stuff, which I find very hilarious. <laughs> like mm-hmm. people who had worked on like the Spider Man thing or whatever, um, or, or the the Pride of the X Men. They, they're like, you know, um, I don't remember the the woman's name that was the cartoon producer at Fox News. Fox at this point, with you know, she wanted to, to work, but she just partnered with some bad people. And I'm like, where's their book? Mm. <laughs> like, did you did you not get a chance to talk to them? Uh, but I'm curious at how far yeah. this thing went off the rails and just how bad it got. So, yeah. Yeah, me too. And I wish, uh, like, kind of a, 
it's very like this happens a lot with games but it's true with everything like when things kind of have disastrous ends it's extremely rare that we actually get to see what happened you know yeah. the stories almost never get told like and if they do it's it's way way after like we'll never know what happened with bioshock infinite you know like we'll never actually know the full story of that things like that like it's pretty rare and i would love to have a frank account and these guys it's this is a well enough loved cultural institution that they're never going to like this. The show is not a failure, right? Like it's not Ishtar. Like they're not going to be like, Oh, this was the huge fiasco. Let's mm-hmm. tell the story of it because the show was complicated. Like it had a lot of ups and a lot of downs. Um, and they, uh, they're focusing on the ups, which is great. You know, I want to read that other person's book as well and, and find out more about the downs. But you know, the people who made this like very cool, good thing. Like I don't mind them kind of luxuriating in, in the ups for a little bit. Yeah. Especially you know because it seemed sense. to have a, a little bit of a, a zeitgeist to it. Like the, the, the series seemed to come back in a little bit in the, over the last few years. Um, probably because mm-hmm. we started doing a podcast about it. I'm sure that that was the, <laughs> it's the undoubtedly. <laughs> it's the only factor. I'm sure. uh, but it's you know the I think it's it's a, it's a lot of people hitting that age where they start looking back fondly on the stuff that they grew up with, and that you know nostalgia has been a thing for the last ten years. But we're just now getting to the point where you're looking back and going like, oh yeah, like I can just go watch that and it's good and it's still. Mm-hmm goofy and it's fun so i'm really happy with this like i want to thank everybody that's been listening this entire time and uh, i want to especially thank the patrons at patreon.com slash tv because without them like, like we literally would not have had this podcast this was a patreon yeah, goal this is you a guys hit goal. it and it was it's it's been amazing it's my first podcast on the duck feed network uh I don't, you know, I say first, like we have other stuff lined up. I just, it was just being a part of this no, Duffy network is, after, is really good. <laughs> I've got six more podcasts. Teen Titans. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we talked a big talk about not wanting to do DC, but that was a psych. Yep. Um, yeah. No, up, it, yeah, thanks everybody for, for, for supporting the show. It's been very fun. Um, I, you know, I, I love, uh, I love doing the show. It's been fun to, you know, it's, We've, we've had you on the network a bunch, but I've wanted to get you one of the things that is, uh, I think a cool thing to be able to do as we are able to grow, like growth, you know, we have to be careful about it because we only have so much time in the day, but it does mean that we've been able to bring on a lot of people onto the show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's been great, right? Like, so, you know, we were able to bring you on for this show and Cole started doing radio free Midworld, which was able to bring on autumn and Evan and, and people onto the network who we think are, you know, uh, exceptional people who we want to have you know who we want to work with uh is the idea and like having that freedom to do that is really great um and this is you know it i was joking about it like and i keep joking about it but like you know cole doesn't need to hear me talk about x-men shit all the time (laughs) (laughs) as is he does you know but it's really it's really great to have uh you know somebody who knows the difference between uh you know a phalanx and a uh i don't know the uh uh, difference between doug lock and warlock Yes. You know? Yes. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Doug Locke is my ship. Useful of uh, Locke from yeah. Lost <laughs> and Doug from the cartoon oh, series Doug. <laughs> so, <laughs> if you want to get deep on some fan fiction, <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> they, they open. They open the hatch, and it's like ding 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 ding. Uh, I'm not in the ship or whatever the, the hand, thing on his hand for it was. <laughs> anyway, uh, oh, thank man. you everybody for listening. Um, uh, if we sound like we're like ending this show, we're definitely not. Like we have plans past. Yeah, we're this. not. It's not graduation day for us. Yeah. No, not at all. Not at all. Just, uh, we're we're yeah, we are forever in the, the expansion. Uh, we are going to. Uh, the next thing we're going to cover is probably some. Uh, we're well, we're going to do a feedback episode. So if you uh, if you want to mm-hmm. write in your thoughts about the podcast or the show or the last season or anything X-Men related. Now is the time to do it. We're going to be collecting those up until, um, 
I don't know the actual exact date, but it'll be two weeks after this. Like we record that pretty quick at, before the uh, the thing. So uh, when you're hearing this, if you're hearing this right now and you want to say something, go ahead and write that in now. Daysoffuturecast.com slash contact is the place to do that. After that, what are we going to be doing, Gary? Um, well, we got, we're going to do a movie at the end of the season. And the next movie that comes out chronologically, we haven't really talked about this, but the next one that makes sense to cover is probably First Class, right? Um, is that the next one? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the next one. I'm into that. That's the, the next one we haven't covered. Like, we jumped ahead a little bit with uh, mm-hmm. uh, with Logan. But other than that, that's the next one. But that so was just because we'll it was do, out uh, and we were excited about it. So, yeah. <laughs> I actually yeah, wouldn't we'll mind because... Class, uh, which I'm, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing that because I've only seen it once and I liked it. So uh, I've seen it several times. That movie Butcher is one of my favorite characters and I'm very upset about it. But otherwise, it's kind of a fun movie. Wh- which to watch, character so. is that? Like, it, I think it butchers a couple characters. It really <laughs> does. Uh, uh, Emma Frost, the White Queen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And it's not like, uh, you know, Havoc is not cool in it or anything. Like, there's lots of problems with the the things. But it is fun to watch young Xavier and Magneto. That's and that's no that's what, the draw of that movie. Like. And it's going to be and Magneto's theme, right? Like the music that they did for that is oh, yeah. really, really good. Uh, okay. So we're going to do a movie and then we're going to start covering, we're going to go through all of the uh, crossover episodes on the Spider-Man animated series to uh, talk mm-hmm. about the X-Men's uh, representation over there. And then we're going to do, uh, is it Avengers next? Is that the title? Of it? Uh, nope. No, nope, but it's nope. called uh, Avengers United. They stand. I think is the name of that. Avengers cartoon. United. In they stand. 1997 so Avengers cartoon. We're going to uh, keep it in the 1990s Marvel family, but we're going to get away from the mutants after a while. Uh, Follow the, the the Twitter for more details about that stuff. Or if you're in the uh, Slack, you can go to the, the channel Days of Future Cast for that. Um, mm-hmm. We've been recording a long Got time. We, we've been recording all day. This is our We just hit our six. Yes. So we decided to finish off the series because we we're clear close in these seasons. All makes sense to make sense, you know, to record together. And I'm glad we did it this way. So we didn't end up every single time we sat down to record didn't go, man, the fucking am- animation, you know, which yeah, is what exactly. So yeah, we, we've been recording a while. We're going to get out of here. Uh, if you want to talk to me on Twitter, I'm JG Greer. If you want to talk to Gary, he's at Gary, Bud. uh, follow everything at duckfeed.tv. And thank you for listening, everybody. We'll be back in two weeks. Good night.